to our latest series of the Reach Next Generation podcast. I am Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they became them and what tips they for girls of my age. After the success of the Lionesses, we have to start this series by talking women's football. And so I'm delighted that today my guest is Lola Ogunbote, who is the Executive Director at Goals for Girls, that uses football to teach young women leadership, skills and inspire community change. Lola has also coached football all over the world. Thanks for joining me today, Lola. Can we start by you telling us all how your career took you to the role you have today? Yeah, it's a pleasure to to speak with you today. Um, yeah, I think my career was very different to a lot of people that work in football. Um, I started out by focusing on becoming a lawyer, which um, isn't usual in the world of football. Um, so I went to school and studied A-levels, went to university, went to law school, um, graduated and ended up working in a lot of different organisations in the UK. Um, I ended up doing some financial banking and law work and realised that my passion really was football. And so I just made a really drastic decision to stop practising law and start thinking about what I really wanted to do, which was football. And so... I quit my job and restarted. I researched on what it takes to be a coach and what courses were available. Um, I retrained as a coach with Arsenal Football Club's community programme. I worked with Arsenal for a year, travelled with them to South Africa, Mozambique and Australia. Um, I then took a stint to China and lived out there and worked promoting women's football and and coaching men and women's football over there for a while. And then the pandemic happened and I was forced home sooner than I thought and um, was lucky enough to discover an organisation that was really aligned with my values, which are football and female empowerment. And so Goals for Girls unites football to make community change. And I had an opportunity to get involved in that organisation. And today I'm the executive director of that organisation. very fortunate to wear two hats. I also am the head of women's football at Burnley Football Club as well. So I get to combine the professional and elite side of the game also with the social impact and community side of the game too. So that's a very long-winded way of explaining how I ended up where I did. Yeah. So you mentioned that you um, studied law, then you went um, further on to focus and working with law and financial um, matters is there anything that you've learned from that previous work that maybe helps you today as the executive director absolutely I think um, at the time I didn't think there was a connection between law and football Um, but a lot of my job is thinking about strategy writing lots of reports doing presentations speaking to very important people at senior levels of organisations and I think being a lawyer and having to present cases, having to speak in court, having to work with very quick minds has prepared me to do that in football so I could pitch to one person or a thousand people and it wouldn't phase me because of the training that I've had. I know how to write really good presentations because of the skill 
that you need as a lawyer to write things. Uh, and I'd like to think I'm quite articulate and that I can speak quite well. And that's also come from my background in training. So I, 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 did, I never thought in a million years that the two would be connected. But actually, I do think that without my legal background, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, I guess you never associate something like law with something like football. But there's, of course, a lot more complicated things as you go further down. Yeah, and I think it's always important to use any experience that you have and you gather in life to help you in 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 work and and so you just never know when that skill might come into, mm. into play so when you were at school did you know what you wanted to do or be or did that happen maybe more later in life that's a great question i think for me as a young person i always loved football but at the time football for women wasn't as advanced as it is today and so there wasn't really a clear pathway the only pathway I had was to go abroad and um, I just continued playing football at school I always was found on the football field playing with boys because I didn't have a, a girls team at primary school level I continued playing football at secondary school I joined the girls football team there I competed at county level um, so I knew I would always end up in football. I just didn't knew. I just didn't understand what the the pathway or process would be. And as football has grown for women, there are more pathways into that career than there was when yeah. I was at school. So um, it's lucky that I kind of stuck with my passion because now women's football is like one of the fastest growing sports in in the UK. Yeah. So you mentioned that you went to both university and law school, um, but how important do you think it actually is to go to university, especially since there's loads of apprenticeship and graduate schemes throughout loads of companies in different industries? Yeah, I think the first thing to say is university isn't for everybody, and that's okay. Um, we have so many different routes, just like you've mentioned, apprentices, BTEC courses, yeah. degrees, masters. Um, trade and I think it's important that every individual looks at their own circumstances looks at their strengths and decides what works best for them so is it important to go to university yes if that's something that you want to do are there other avenues to get to the same destination absolutely it might take you a little bit longer but I think you'll end up getting there in the end mm. um, for me it was important to have that educational backing I thought that that would stand me in good stead in life and if you think about it now if if football never works out for me I could always go back to being a lawyer and I think that's a really good B plan to have. Yeah um, so as part of our Reach Next Generation summits that we host we look at diversity and opportunity for young girls from the black and minority communities do you think that we are seeing a more inclusive society since the Black Lives Matter conversation started? Uh, tough question. I think um, conversations about equity, about race, about inclusion will always be a subject matter, sadly, uh, in the world. I think that the Black Lives Matter movement, which I guess came to the forefront of everyone's mind following the death of George Floyd, has allowed people to be more vocal about mm -hmm. speaking out which is important that voices, all voices are heard. I think change is 
always going to be slow and steady and we're not going to see it overnight. I think the fact that we're open to having conversations about it is the first step. I think there are organisations that are doing brilliant work to be more inclusive, that are trying to promote initiatives that, that help people from black, Asian and, and ethnic minority backgrounds to get opportunities. And I think that's also a positive thing. Uh, is there more that can be done? Always more that can be done. Um, and I think the more we do, the more inclusive we can make our society. Yeah. So hopefully it carries on with that steady rhythm, maybe becomes a little bit more fast as we talk more about it. But at least there is now steady or more steadier rhythm to the um, thoughts about these inclusive matters. Yeah, I think there's a louder conversation for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you'll always have those that are in the camp of wanting to see more change more quickly. Yes. So it's it's about balancing what does that change look like and how realistic is it? that that's going to get done and what's the time frame. So, yeah, we, it's good and positive that you and I are even having this conversation because I, I doubt that 15, 20 years ago we could be talking as frankly as this. So that's got to be a positive thing too. Yeah, of course. So there's a lot of talk about pay equality generally, but how well do you think women are catching up with maybe men's salaries and getting those top jobs, especially in football? Yeah, it's a it's a question that's often asked, and naturally, when you're in a sport that can be played by both genders, there's the opportunity to compare. I think what needs to be remembered is the starting point of where we're comparing, and uh, anyone that knows about football, women's football, particularly in this country, will know that there was a long period of time where it was banned, and so. What that means is there's a gap spanning of over 50 years where women's football is, is, is behind. And so when we talk about pay equality and pay gap and should things be the same, we have to think about it in through the lens of what does women's football look like in this country? How much investment is going into it? What organisations are supporting it? How is sponsorship changing it? Um, when all those things are on the same part, then we can make a comparison. It yeah. would be quite naive to do so before that, because then you're comparing oranges and apples, in my opinion. And so until we have the same level of investment and the same infrastructure and the same protection and the same transfer fees and the same viewing rights, that's when we can start making a good comparison and having a stronger case to say we should be paid the same. Um we do want that. We absolutely want that. But there's a lot of work to do in the background to make sure that they're on an equal footing. Yeah, of course. So you mentioned earlier that while you were working with Arsenal, you travelled through loads of different countries. Did you perhaps have a favourite country, either working there or travelling there, or maybe had the best sightseeing opportunities while you were there? Yeah, I've been very, very fortunate, Grace, to travel extensively around the world with football I think the only continent but Antarctica of course I haven't been to is South America so I've coached in Asia I've coached in Europe I've coached in America I've coached in Australia I've coached in Africa and I feel very lucky to have been able to travel with football in that way favorite places it's hard to pick um in terms of tourism I would say China was a great place and uh being able to Hike the Great Wall of China was a fantastic experience. 
one that I never thought I would be able to do in my lifetime. Um, in terms of culture, I loved being on the African continent and being African myself. It was nice to spend time in South Africa and visit the home of Nelson Mandela and, you know, go to, to tourist sites that I, I'd always imagined and thought about at your age and actually was able to do it. Um, in terms of just traveling far, Australia was, you know, 21 hours on a on a plane and that was pretty yeah. exciting to be on the other side of the world. So I couldn't pick one, but I can pick loads for different reasons. I've also been to India and that's been a different cultural experience and I've enjoyed learning more about culture, religion and society over there too. So um, it, it's been a really, really fortunate that I've been able to travel all over the world with football and um, very privileged to have done so. Yeah. So this is a new question for all of our guests this series. And it is, if you had to describe yourself perhaps in three words, what do you think they would be? <laughs> uh, great oh, question. <laughs> um, how would I describe myself? I think honest would be one that okay. I would I would put. like to think that I'm honest with my dealings with others, honest with other people, and people can trust me with what I'm saying. Uh, I think fun I love to laugh I love to enjoy what I do and I'm very privileged to be in a position where every day is about doing things that I love and if you love what you do it never feels like work so I'm very very privileged to be there and then I think the other one is just driven hard working I I've I haven't got to where I've gotten by luck it's been through sheer hard work perseverance sacrifice um and I think if I can do it, anyone can do it. And so those would be the ones that I that come to mind immediately on characteristic traits for me. Okay. So the world is changing so, so much and very quickly. What do you think work for women might look like in 10 years time? Or what do you maybe hope work for women will be like? I hope that we would live in a world where things were equitable. Okay. Um, rather than just it being equal. And what I mean by that is presenting opportunities for both men and women to really have a good chance. Um, I I don't think any woman wants to be given a job just because she's a woman. I think a lot of, of people, I'd like to think a lot of people want to be given a job on merit, that they're good enough to do it. But is there an opportunity for them to showcase that they're good enough to do it? Um, and so I would like to think in 10 years' time we live in a world where you know, there's a woman Premier League manager and it's not a big deal because she knows how to coach football and she's good at it. Or yeah. that there's a CEO of, of of a bank that the workforce is more diverse, um, including gender and race, and that we just appoint people based on, on merit rather than anything else. So that's what I would hope. Uh, things and how things would change in the next in the next 10 years those are definitely some good goals that we should probably strive to get yeah I think so and of course 10 years it's quite a long time but uh, sometimes it can go by quite quickly yeah I think it will go by quite quickly and when you're my age it goes by really quickly so um, we'll we'll see maybe we can have another conversation in 10 years and see where we got to definitely so throughout your career transitioning maybe throughout 
from finance and law, maybe working more with money, to football. Have you had any mentors or have there been anyone that you particularly admire through that route? Yeah, I think it's really important to have mentors who have probably walked the path that you're trying to walk um, so they can guide you and give you advice and steer you in the right direction. I do have a mentor who I reached out to and I, I, I asked her to be my mentor because I was really impressed with how she um, had gone about her career and I, I felt like I could learn a lot from her. So I would encourage your listeners, if, if there's anyone in their lives that they think they can learn a lot from or feel inspired by, to just reach out and ask the question. And it might not be they have all the time in the world, but at least a conversation can always kickstart you in the right, right uh, direction. In terms of inspirational people, I, I've very often referenced Rachel Yankee and Eniola Oloku, who both were former Lionesses um, for the UK women's national team. And it it, it has been those those two players have been people that I've personally just idolised in a sense that they were women of colour, similarly to me, who were performing at the top of their game and that gave me hope and inspiration that if they could do it, I could do it too. And so those two women have also been heroes or sheroes um, in my life. So just before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit more about women's football. Mm. So if girls say want to have a career in football, either as a player or as an administrator, where do you think they should start? Uh, There's a really good network called women in football and what they do is they bring women in football women who work in all different departments and sectors of football and they bring them together and we we network and we talk and so it could be that you're a social media specialist or a coach or a physio or a nutritionist or a smc coach or a strategist or a business admin you could be anything within a football game as long as you're female you can be part of this network and i've found I've made a lot of friends and connections through that. That would be a great place to start. I also think sometimes you just need to figure out what it is you want to do. So if you know you want to be a coach, see what your local county FA is doing and see contact your local football club, see if they want anyone volunteering or see if you can just observe and you never know what could come out of it as a result of just being in the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of websites job websites, FA websites, club websites that that women can always look at to see what jobs are coming out. And the power of networking, just, just asking people, hey, I, I want to get into football, I don't know how to. Do you have somebody that you can link me with that can guide me or signpost me or give me any type of information? So those are the things that I would be recommending. Um, definitely Women in Football is a massive network that I'm a big fan of that's really helped me too. So yeah those definitely sound some great starting points that i'm sure um the listeners can definitely note down or think about if they want to maybe pursue those different career paths absolutely well i really enjoyed chatting with you today lola thank you so so much and i'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their own careers keep listening to the reach next generation podcasts as i talk to many more brilliant women More details about us is at www.reachnextgeneration.com. And a big thank you to all our partners and sponsors, Ideal Standard, 
Barclays, St. Modwen, Green King and Levi Strauss.